We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode, Little Legends Podcast, number 32. I am your host, the Blevins. Joining me, as always, is Boob. What's up, buddy? <laughs> there is always a period of time where I think you notice I'm noticing. Oh, it, like that's exactly what it is, and then I just, <laughs> and then, I just lay into it. Yeah, then you, and then you lean into it. I'm doing... Absolutely wonderful self quarantine like I have for the last two and a half years. Yes, um, here in my house. Yes, we, we'll get all of we'll get all of the uh, gamers are good at self quarantining and social distancing jokes out of the way early. But before we do that, we've got to introduce our guest, the one and only Pyrotechnics. Welcome. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me here. Uh, I've been washing my hands for twenty seconds and then twenty seconds more, and uh, y'all should keep doing the same. Definitely keep washing your hands. You can't, you don't, <laughs> don't, advice. hey, don't listen. To, I don't want to get anything from your listens, okay? Wash your hands before yeah. you listen to a little. You sanitize podcast. your audio outputs too. Yeah, dunk yeah. your phone in some reason, hand though. sanitizer. Make sure you do that. But uh, we've got. We don't oh, want to have to put the podcast in rice, you know? Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Think about the, what about the children? Um, think about the rice, guys. Right, Man, we, about were, uh, we were starting on topic we, and everything. We, we, we did it. This is kind of part of, this is our shtick, my friend, uh, <laughs> where we say hello I mean, and talk about TFT for 45 seconds. I wouldn't call it a shtick as much as a um, uh, a disease, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but before Phrasing. we get... Before Phrasing. we get all in... It, oh, that's true. I can't, I can't joke <laughs> about those things. A shtick disease. Oh, no. Ooh. Um, before we get into 
all of that good stuff with TFT set three and some of the uh, tournaments and stuff and all the announcements we got over the past week. I'm going to do a real quick little bit of housekeeping, guys. Of course, you know we are a prediction esports podcast, P-R-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N esports podcast. Make sure you're following them, subscribing to them on iTunes and Spotify. Really does help us out a lot. Make sure you're doing that also guys make sure you're going to the discord discord.me slash little legends podcast that is the place to be for all the news that's coming in we've got hundreds of people in there that are constantly talking and constantly posting different uh news articles and whatnot so uh and all of the if you're falling behind it is a great place to be discord.me slash little legends podcast especially since we do game nights every single friday if you want to play with myself and some at least sometimes boop Oop, he dropped in and make an appearance, usually. Uh, we're gonna... It's always like I belly flop right into the lobby. <laughs> right? Like, always. I, I'm always 10 minutes late, and then I stay, and I don't play any games. <laughs> I make fun of everyone. Hey, that's... For like an hour and a half. But that's the fun. If we were just... Yeah. Right. If we were just playing, you know, we're not just playing challenger lobbies, uh, though we are featured by... We do have uh, a game night challenger, Jimmy the Shovel, of course, uh, <laughs> that we play with as well as many other regulars. Uh, make sure you're going there, Discord.me, Social Legends Podcast. Or if you want to just check out the broadcast, twitch.tv slash TV. That is where Game Night is hosted uh, every Friday at 9 Eastern. Uh, we'll be talking more about Giant Slayer TV in a bit. <sighs> okay, got, got all of our uh, housekeeping uh out of the way here so pyra for those of uh for those of the listeners who aren't familiar specifically with you you want to give a little a little uh synopsis of your background and uh what the heck are you doing here I mean, that is the real question. I'm not sure if I can answer that one, but uh, <laughs> I can give you a little bit of a background. Uh, yeah, so for those of you that, that will recognize me, um, I uh, I have been involved in the League of Legends community um, in the competitive side of it as a commentator for the past, ooh, what, five, maybe six years, if you count like the year I was sort of coming up. That's I like 100 over, esports uh, years. It is a long time. It is, it's <laughs> been 87 years. <laughs> um yeah i worked i worked out of uh the riot eu office uh on the european lcs back when it was called that before it was the lec uh more recently i kind of gone freelance and done a lot of different stuff um i played a decent bit of tft myself i'm I'm not as well schooled in all of the competitive aspects for Mm it um but as you know as i've come from league of legends at least i you know kind of recognize certain things when i'm like oh that's an interesting champion choice and uh you know certain questions like why is leona lunar that's the opposite <laughs> of what she's supposed to be and i'm really glad that i don't have to ask that question anymore after tomorrow. <laughs> yes now you have to ask um, why is she cybernetic <laughs> oh that makes sense i'm fine with that okay it's just sun moon no no bad. <laughs> I mean, she actually does less damage to characters with sunglasses, right? So yeah, like, like a tiny bit. It's like a hidden thing. passive. Yeah, it's minus one point of damage. Anyway, wait, go ahead. Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's lots of hidden passives in that in uh, League like that. <laughs> the, there used to be a whole wiki that mm-hmm. had like uh, it might still be around that had like all the all of the known ones listed. Um, for example, uh, Nidalee got a tiny tiny experience buff 
uh, when she stood next to champions who were lower level than her because she's a cougar. <laughs> That's nice. a real thing. Nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real thing. I don't know if it still is, but it certainly was once upon a time. Yeah, before everyone played I a, games. <laughs> I know a lot of random League of Legends facts. That's I've been great. playing this game. I've been playing that game for like eight years. Oh man, yeah. I, I want to see who, the who was on the uh, who was on the login screen when you first started. Oh gosh, I think it was. Um, it might have been like Graves or Caitlyn. Okay, that was a little before me then, because Darius was the one on the login screen for me. Yeah, I remember when Darius came out. Those characters playing, weren't like, even out when I started playing. <laughs> I was playing Dominion. Uh, Dominion was the newest oh, game. Dominion game wasn't out. Was even like out yet. <laughs> yeah, you, you're a little more old school than I am, Levin. Yeah, but I didn't play nearly as much. Uh, in the in the following uh, six to eight years, so um, for everyone at home who's wondering what Dominion is, um, it was a kind of like a, a different game mode in League of Legends. It was like their first attempt. They had like custom ARAM lobbies that you could do at the time, I think, uh, and then they had Dominion, which was you had to capture a couple points uh, once yeah. the tree line. Uh, blah 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 so it was just like, like league of legends capture the flag it was yeah it was, it was like their one of their first like alternate game modes that they did i um, do remember playing that yeah if it wasn't for dominion we probably don't have tft like really um so yeah it's i mean similar kind of setup obviously not so much drag and drop champions but like visually yeah totally yeah, it was like, just wasn't like, like a big circle yeah, yeah. And, to, and, and just to like for them to be capable of providing game modes like that, mm -hmm. right? Because it, it, first it was Dominion, then it was ARAM, then it was One for All, then it was Earth, right? And then, you know, through all of, I think that... Aerosol, yeah. Yeah, and then through all of that kind of experimentation, and then uh, Underlords came out, and then Auto Chess, they're like, you know what? We feel comfortable doing this. And I think yeah. that's why... Um, even if we go back there, I think we have to appreciate like the history of what got us here sometimes, mm -hmm. just as casters and personalities, but also like for the game. And that's always something really fascinating for me is if we didn't have Dominion, even though Dominion failed, even though there is no Twisted Tree line, would we be talking about TFT right now? I don't know, but I think it's right. cool to think about. Yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. Wasn't there wasn't there like a DC MOBA that was that was almost closer to Dominion? Oh, like Injustice? Well, Injustice oh, is the fighting game. Yeah, there was. No, sorry, was it also it, called Injustice? It was, I think it might have been like Infinite Crisis or something. It was like everything yeah. was named after a DC event. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing that at, I think it was PAX East. Mm -hmm. Like, But I was a little preoccupied because like... I was really excited for Wildstar at the time. Wildstar, I, I remember well. seeing. Oh, man, that's I'm getting nostalgic. All these dead games. Rest in peace. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Only I the strong survive. Yeah. I did play that DC one a little bit. I and there was like a like butcher Joker or something. He was a tank. It was pretty cool. Uh, I, I hope it comes back. It's definitely not going to. Um, but <laughs> we're yeah, gonna. So you uh, you're you're killing it in League of Legends, right? You're, you're you just started about eight years ago. Um, and basically the reason why I jumped in is because before this podcast, uh, the two of us realized that we went to school together. Um, yeah, here, the, here, same, the same university. <laughs> The at the same, same exact years. time we both lived on like we both hang out like in the same neighborhood it was actually pretty crazy yeah. we never met we even had like a kevin baking kind of connection like yeah exactly. because like you went to, <laughs> you went to classes with him and i yeah. went to classes with him 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So and that let's talk about was like me. Oh, no, no <laughs> how um because for me that's kind of like where my love of gaming really started because see you had I don't know if you knew this but we had one of like the best StarCraft teams in the country at the time and I we were like remember it vaguely because yeah I we were like final four and, like, StarCraft um yeah we hit the final four that season which is awesome um but okay. did you take like for those of people who are like trying to get into esports now I know it's hard because no one's on campus or anything but did you have any like communities that helped you grow in this space and help you decide to go into using your voice as as your job did that start in college or was that something that you had from way earlier on so i wasn't i, I had played video game through high school and i i sort of like had, had had dropped off it a little bit so by the time i entered college i was mostly focused on meeting people and improving my social skills because uh, surprise surprise i didn't really have any uh when i <laughs> entered university uh so actually what really kick-started using my voice was uh i i ended up joining a fraternity which was like the biggest exposure to like lots of different types of people because in my classes it was a lot of people that were a little more similar to me because it was all intro engineering stuff and a lot of kids had, had kind of similar backgrounds in that regard um but at this fraternity which was called acacia it was a lot of different types of people with different majors and different backgrounds and i had to learn not only how to interact with all of them and and kind of listen a little bit better than you know blah, 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 blah. I'm talking at you. Uh, yeah. I learned a little bit about public speaking because there were a million different things you could do to uh, more or less uh, have your voice heard and sometimes literally. So I, I I took on a couple of volunteer positions that were usually like, oh, I'm going to make this speech or talk about this thing. And I was really bad at it. But looking back, I think it was probably the first instance that I ever got up in front of a group of people and started talking mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it really helped kind of uh kind of get me on the way to being comfortable in front of crowds and in front of a camera uh and then in terms of esports a lot of that started as i was graduating i remember watching a lot of starcraft stuff sometimes local and sometimes just on streams and i was playing uh wings of liberty at the time because i think it came out in like 2010 so i would have been a sophomore yeah. or a junior uh and when i when I was uh, looking for work right after I graduated, I just started watching a lot of StarCraft and then eventually League of Legends because I, I had picked up playing it in my senior year with a couple of people in my class. And uh, I remember watching people uh, in on the Twitch chat and stuff talk about like shoutcasting and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's a position. That's a thing. I should look <laughs> into that. That sounds like it'd be really fun because I just like talking about it when I'm sitting on the couch with people anyways. And that was yeah. kind of the start of it. That's really cool, man. Um, uh, we had. Did you ever go to the bar crafts here uh, in Boulder? Because that was One. my first exposure to competitive uh, StarCraft. So I went to all of them. So we were in the same place and didn't know it. It's confirmed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, went, I went to one. I went to one. I remember that. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I did actually start uh, or restart the San Diego bar craft scene when I got oh, back nice. to San Diego uh, because the guy that was running it previously was Navy and he got deployed. Oh, well, interesting. Um, I, I took it yeah. over and I, I was in touch with a guy in, in Orange County who was like the original Barcraft guy and he Super hooked cool. me up with all the connections and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah, my um ex took me because you know I love I, I I was playing League of Legends at the same time, but I wasn't like aware of competitive esports at that point in time. And then I went to this Barcraft and I had a blast, man. I don't know why, but I threw up at six. 
right? Like I had, <laughs> I, I, heard, I had a blast and threw up at six. No, like I had, sentence, I had I'm such impressed. a good time because it was on a Sunday and I never went hard on a Sunday, right? Oh, yeah. and like well, for yeah, some reason, class on Monday and... yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was wasted by six o'clock in the like at night and <laughs> and threw up. But like that exposure and the reason why I bring it up is because. I feel like those things are becoming more and more, not now, of course, but um, before the disease of the world was spreading. In the long, long of, ago, before yeah, times. Yeah, those the, kinds of gatherings were becoming outside more and more times. prevalent in these communities. And it's just so cool that like we had to like really search for them, right? Mm -hmm. But now I think there's opportunities to, to really find people who are like-minded and interested in these kinds of things because I think there's less and less stereotype and less and less kind of baggage that comes along with it now, right? Because we were talking to a university for a really cool thing that unfortunately was canceled because of coronavirus. And they're like, gamers are always part of the STEM field. And why wouldn't you want to recruit those people? Right. Right. And so it's, yeah. um, it's just really interesting how times have changed since we were in school, right? Versus now. Um, how would you say, boomers. how would you say things have changed, right? Like versus you starting to get into this industry back then versus someone who's starting to get into it now. Like, what do you think you had to do that maybe people who are getting into it now don't have to do quite as much? I think the biggest thing is to really understand what exactly the 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 field looks like and to be able to explain it to people obviously like if you're starting out and you want to pursue a career in esports like you're not the type of person who feels like they have to explain anything to anyone uh <laughs> because you're probably a little crazy uh which is good but yeah. i think the difference is the information for a lot of these things wasn't available and you had to know who to talk to mm -hmm. you had to know what you were interested in and you had to go seek it out on your own um there were forums there were places i mean there's there were websites back when i started so it wasn't like the dark ages uh i remember like like gosu gamers and <laughs> um you know pre-discord there were just a lot of skype groups that everybody met up in and, and talked yep. about stuff that's how some of my first uh esports friends and sometimes even people i connected with in terms of business uh came to be is is just through mm. a bunch of random skype groups and stuff i remember the first time i got dropped in a skype group with like guys like joe miller and monte cristo and i was just like fanboying internally <laughs> like oh my god stay chill don't type the wrong thing like they're gonna think you're a goober and never want to talk to you <laughs> like that's just how people coordinated everything was yeah it, you had to kind of like it's not like you had to know some secret password it's that you had to be interested enough to go and google it until you found people and I didn't know too many people on uh, in real life. It was mostly online. I started connecting when I did Barcraft stuff. Uh, and that that's really what kind of put me on that track to be like, oh, cool. Well, this is this is an actual community. This isn't just I'm not just some weirdo in my room watching video games. <laughs> There's lots of weirdos in all of us. I know, right? <laughs> we can fill a Buffalo Wild Wings if we want. <laughs> By the way, I'm big the Buffalo Wild Wings because they would always be like, yeah, you can totally you know, on an off day, come in here and like HDMI your computer into yep. like the million TVs we have because you're spending money on our drinks and food. Yep, yeah. Like, great. They don't care. Um, Yeah, that was fantastic. A lot of other local places that would do that too. But like, even back then, you had to kind of explain, right? Like, what what are you trying to do here? Yeah, it's video games, <laughs> but sport. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, you don't have to. Now it's like esports. You heard of esports? Nine times out of 10, people are like, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's. Is that like when you like 
play play those games for money. Yeah. <laughs> Except I talk about the games. I'm like, whoa, right. people pay you for that. I mean, sometimes. Uh, give me your like. <laughs> give me your like. Okay, okay. Because this is something I think we all in this world have to go through. But give me your like. You're you're at Thanksgiving and someone's been like. So what do you do? And you say, I'm a caster. And then they go, what is that? What's your like <laughs> elevator pitch in that situation? So here's, here's what I do. I ease them into it because I anticipate this moment. This is what <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't have a big for a lot of things, but I, I, I've done this enough. I don't say I'm a caster because I realize that is a very specific niche term. I say, okay. A, I'm an entertainment, which is a good opener for anybody. Um, so free, free sports people, uh, free sports people that, uh, want to update to Tinder profiles, definitely put entertainment, um, <laughs> unless you're in LA and that doesn't stand out at all. I was going to say, so uh, that means you're a waiter. Go on. Yeah, pretty much. Or- uh, I say I'm a live commentator, which is well, a lot more specific. Okay. I don't have to say for what. Um, and, uh, I also say when they ask, oh, so what I'm like, well, so have you heard of esports? So usually we'll drop that term them. And if they say no, I'm like, okay, well, it's like, it's competitive gaming, which means it's like sports, but with people playing video games. And usually I can work from there mm-hmm. every now and again, you'll get like somebody who's really old, who doesn't understand it at all. But again, more recently, like even I, you know, I fly a lot. Right. So when I'm on a yeah. plane next to a random stranger and that comes up, it's like, yeah, I talk about video games for a living and and they're like, oh, I think I might have seen that on TV once. It's more I think it's more common in America and some mm-hmm. parts of Europe than other mm-hmm. way other places. Obviously, if you're in Korea, like everybody's heard of eSport. Yeah. Um, like I met a, I remember 2014, I went to Worlds with uh, Frost Grin and Kelsey Moser, who I was I was uh, doing a lot of work with at the time. And we just met this random older guy who gave us directions. And he asked what we were there for. And we're like, oh, we're, we're here for this eSport thing. And he's like, oh, pro gamers, you're pro gamers. We're like, no, 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 we're commentator. And he got it. And this was like a 65-year-old man. <laughs> That's so awesome. it's possible. Yeah. yeah. It is, that it was is in 2014, possible. but it was Korea. So the point right. is, I think it's just, it's more widespread. People understand mm. it more. And that's, I think, the biggest difference between now and then. There's also more opportunities, but it's also harder to stand out. Like, I could get by doing a certain amount of effort back then, that I think you have to go above and beyond. Man. Yeah, I think the amount of content you need to push right now is is so much more than even when I got into it a couple mm-hmm. years ago, right? Yeah. Like it's it's actually pretty crazy um, because it, it's like I don't know if I got into casting now if I would have been able to get those gigs I was without also doing a bunch of YouTube content. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So oh, that's the thing, and I'm I'm not good at that stuff either. So I yeah, I feel like I got in at a good and time. I, and, and do you feel that there are people kind of in our boat? Because I don't know. Um, Lev makes a ton of content, right? So maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. you might have that guy's on. Really that guy's doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, podcast, yeah. The podcast. True. Podcast. I just, I just don't um, sleep. Like, watch Blev and sleep. Yeah, the best. Uh, uh, technically, that's against TOS. <laughs> I tried. Uh. <laughs> but, but do you think there are people mean, sleepers thing. <laughs> in your generation of casting? Um, that are kind of struggling to kind of adjust to that now? Because I think that's actually something that we don't really think about is that the world has changed in our industry, right? Content is so important. And I think some of these younger kids just know how to make that content, right? They learn how to edit in yeah. school. They, they learn how to like video and do all this stuff. They're, they're way more comfortable with putting a camera in front of their face and just talking to it, right? Do you think anyone from kind of our generation are having a hard time adjusting to that? Do you see that at all? Or do you think that everything's just kind of going well right now or this person to person. Mm. 
I think it, it definitely varies person to person. I will, I'll be the first to admit that that is a good description of me. I think um, I have found it hard to adjust to that new reality, partially because I was in a very cushy, comfortable bubble with Riot because it was one of the few <laughs> like full-time esports jobs uh, or in terms of casting, um, and, it, and it paid very well. So adjusting has been extremely difficult. And I also, I'm not good at things that I'm not as interested in doing. And I don't really care to make video content. Mm -hmm. I like audio as a medium. And that's what set me on this, this voiceover path that I'm in here in, in LA doing, because I, I kind of realized like, I like to do what I do in terms of commentary. I like to you know be a personality but I don't necessarily like to be a content creator primarily. Mm -hmm. So I realized that in order for me to have a future doing, doing any of this kind of stuff down the line, I am going to need to diversify a little bit. And I know that I like working with audio. I understand how to edit audio. I, it's not that I can't learn video. It's just, I know I don't enjoy it because I haven't pursued it. Yep. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily want to pursue it. I, I think I've got a better voice than I've got a face. Uh, and I want to work with that. So I think the most important thing for people that are trying to make that transition from, you know, older to new is like, unless you are so big that you, you can basically just keep up your level of grind and hustle and you'll be okay, which is like your A tier casters. These are your Monty's and Semler's of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys that everybody knows um, mm -hmm. for everyone else. And I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely in that like B tier category um you've definitely got to find a different way to stand out and I, you know i've been able to get to get work but not necessarily enough to to be where i was previously at riot mm. and i think the important thing is to find something to fill that space with and for me it's it's been moving into uh, an adjacent but different and much less niche industry uh while i continue mm. to also do commentary but you know it's everyone's journey is going to be different and so there's no like one right answer for that yeah, it's definitely in in it one of the I mean we talked you talked about how it's a different landscape now. It was much smaller in terms of in, in a lot of ways. Prize money and just like investment in the scene in general was lower. So, you know, there were fewer eyes on it in general, right? Well, now there's a boom of it in a lot of ways, especially if you just look comparatively, but that doesn't mean that like, Oh, well there's X number of dollars. There's X amount more, which means that a proportional, a proportionate number of people can come in and just, it's just an easy divide. It's like, Nope. The, uh, the people who were doing it before are just now going to take a bigger share of it. And you're going to have to work really, really hard to get whatever's left. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people, it's hard. yeah, it's definitely hard. And, um, not that I'm, in any sort of position to i'm not in a position that anyone should ever want to be in but uh there's another difficulty here right and it's it's kind of that that whole specter of like esports making money because there is investment but it still right. remains an issue mm -hmm. that for the most part esports on its own doesn't really generate revenue so therefore you know even though it might look like it we're not swimming in money like right uh <laughs> what's that what's that cartoon um scrooge mcduck yeah, oh, uh, DuckTales. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, DuckTales. I'm showing my age here, but also the fact that I can't remember things. So, you know, definitely an eSports boom. We're, we're, all, we're all the same age on this <laughs> podcast. Coins. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, we all. I think, are we all? Yeah. 
Well, if your college year, your co- we all graduated college in yeah. the same year. Well, I should have graduated Wait, that were year. Were you 30? Um, close. Well, I'm also close. <laughs> very, very close. I'm also uh, close. In August, I won. Ha-ha. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so very close. When people turn thirty, <laughs> I always feel like they get this weird second wind. So when I graduated college, I was a preschool teacher for a couple years, and I was really young. And man, those thirty, like everyone from like thirty to thirty-four, those people knew how to have fun. Responsible, having a midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The, um, the precious uh, few moments to have fun, so they maximize <laughs> them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm kind of excited. I can kind of feel it already like for some reason like i, I can I already hear the zoomers just tuning out immediately i, I know right I know. zoomers listening hey, to guys. podcasts omega lol <laughs> actually that's a good point that's a good point there probably aren't any um uh, but i think something that you talked about is like the business of esports and how it looks like it's winning in money but in reality it isn't so um for again for those of you at home most of the money from esports comes in from sponsorships uh and so I think that's been one of the hardest kind of challenges when it comes to esports, right? And when you add TFT mm-hmm. to it, when there's already not a ton of money and requires investment from Riot as we get kind of like into the deeper like Riot esports thing, where does kind of TFT fall in in that economy? Do you ever see Ooh. it making money? Or so, is it always going to be a thing that kind of advertises something for Riot? I think I think part of it, and, and again, Riot's strategy internally and externally was always kind of like, we want to make stuff because it's cool. Like, and I, I know people might hear that and roll their eyes, but like, that is the message that I heard when I was working for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is when it comes to dedicated publishers, and that means people who have a very, uh, have a very like, uh, hands-on approach to esports when it, you know, to the esports for the titles that they publish, Riot is front and center of that approach. Uh, I would say it doesn't always have to make money because sometimes it's a vehicle for something else. Sometimes it's a vehicle for the for the game itself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Riot wants to show a little bit of love, and I and I think I'm I'm guessing what will happen with TFT as far as Riot's like esports investment will go is they'll feel the waters. They'll you know I don't think there's going to be anything near like an LCS for mm-hmm. TFT. But I think they might do an international. I think that could happen. Yeah. Um, if it's big enough. I mean, if anything, it might just be, it might just stay as a streamer popularity tournament kind of thing. I think it's a type of game that lends itself really well to that. Um, it's hard because the nature of the game is a little in the competitive camp, but also a little in the silly fun time camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever the eyeballs trend towards is what is going to win out of those two. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, starting with esports, which could become the final live sporting events around with online broadcasts. They also have action in the online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts for now. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and there's even a Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. Mm. It, it's funny because Boop and I had almost the same exact conversation like 
I don't know, a month and a half ago. And that's like the, that, that, right. What you just said is like the synopsis of what we came to. So it's like the more things, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's just like, well, and we, this will kind of transition us. I'm, I'm sorry, people who, um, all you, all you youngins who don't care about business and the scene, but we'll get, we'll talk a little bit about TFT at least a little bit here. Um, they did on uh, over the, uh, over the past week, during the set three invitational, uh, which I'll post the uh, link to the synopsis here. Um, if if you didn't check it out, you should definitely check. It was a very fun. It was a very fun tournament to watch, or a very fun event to watch. I wouldn't necessarily call it a tournament in the same in the same sense as. Well, I guess it, it was pretty. It was relatively competitive, but um, they did talk um riot magus who is the director of uh esports at riot games and uh dax andrus aka um oh god what's his what's his uh i forget what it is it's uh nope i forget what it is lunch lunchtime something right lunch but what's no, that well you got this i was gonna say i can look him up if you want but... oh it's like it's like riot lunch something I, I forget uh but he's one of the um product people on uh, product managers of TFT. Uh, they said uh, their goal is simple. We want the best players in TFT to be recognized and rewarded for the time they actually spend in the game. So that is, I mean, they, they gave us a bunch of like high level information about TFT. I'll, I'll use air quotes here, competitive. Uh, and that, I mean, at the end of the day, that in and of itself is, I think it's, obviously it's good in some ways, but it almost is like, it leaves it open because like that, that statement right there doesn't mean to me like, Oh, it specifically says the act, the time they actually spend in the game. That does not make me think, Oh, there's going to be a bunch of tournaments outside that are going to be, you know, run by riot. This is like competitive ladder. And and they, they go on to say, uh, uh, more info next month. Um, they say, said where was i thought i saw something specifically about okay uh for galaxies which is what is coming up we intend to have a global set championship with regional tournaments more info that to come is in- interesting actually because that's that's kind of a lot compared yeah. to everything else every other statement was extremely vague yeah that's like tournaments now mm-hmm. does that mean they're gonna make those tournaments they're gonna give people tools to create the regionals like is it gonna be a major minor type of thing right Mm-hmm. right so i think something else that's uh something else that's in in the sheet in terms of one of the quotes is competitive uh basically like my, my, my biggest question when it comes to everything right is is it good they say in here that they were taken by surprise it was a pleasant surprise on how popular this game was right mm-hmm. and they finally admitted that part of the reason why esports was delayed so much was because it had to be reactionary right. they weren't originally planning it and then all of a sudden all of this interest came in and they had to build into that later is that a like for me i can't help but think that that's gonna cause its own set of issues just in general but also there might be some positives what do you think um uh, devin in terms of being reactionary to building a scene like that right because for legends of runeterra it's very obvious they've they thought about esports when it came to legends of runeterra that was pretty much built into the game but for something like this it was different how do you think that kind of affects its possible longevity Hmm. 
Well, in terms of esports or in terms of like the game, the game like thriving as a game. I think a little bit of both, right? Like I think I think in terms of the game thriving in terms of like casual audience is I think an obvious plus, right? But a lot of these players didn't get a chance to show off any of their skills in the last set, right? And so in terms of competitive TFT, how do you think the fact that things are reactionary, things are getting built as things are going on affects how effective it can be. Well, I will say that uh, most e- most successful esports have a track record of not being built to be esports. Uh, so that's you know history is on their side. Um, <laughs> I think I think in the in this modern modern era that we have though, the fact that it took them a little by surprise kind of surprises me. Hmm. Um, and I you know I, I I have faith in Riot's capabilities to build things, but also it might mean it's a little slower than it would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they're saying they want to have something for this set, at least to some degree downscaled, um, compared to like, you know, if they had planned like something grandiose. But also I think it, it makes it flexible, right? It's them being reactionary, them being um, ad- uh, adaptable to what fans want, as long as they are listening and are providing lots of information about that, uh, mm. is a good thing because it means that they'll build something that's more in line with what the fans would like than like something that's something that th- it's what they think the fans want, right? right? Like when I when I so this is where I'm going to bust out my software engineering degree. It's not something I get to do very often. Uh, <laughs> I feel that man. There are two <laughs> different ways to build software for the most part. There's the old school method, which is really bad. It's called waterfall. Oh God, uh, this is what I deal build... with in my real job all day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking please about. Don't, please don't, please don't start talking about agile just, methodologies. Just, oh God, <laughs> I won't use the buzzwords. But here's here's how it works. You, the waterfall method is really straightforward. You just you build you build the thing in one big go, and you give it to the customer, and it's like hopes that what hopes that what you, hope that is what you wanted. I can't even English. It's so bad. There's a different way to do it. Um, and it incorporates some of those buzzwords that you just said, but more or less <laughs> it involves building in bits and pieces mm-hmm. uh, and having constant feedback with the client, um, which is coincidentally, I think, how pretty much everything should probably be done. Every sort of creative, like yeah. commission building thing. All of these um, companies are doing it. Yeah. You, and, and, and every major company incorporates this, this methodology. Yeah. It's usually referred to as agile or yeah. scrum or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, there's a million different buzzwords and there's a whole science of it I won't get into, but basically it involves iterating and getting feedback on the iteration and building mm-hmm. bit by bit. And as long as Riot takes that approach, I think they can build something well. It just may take a little longer than had they planned for it in the beginning. Um, right. With regards to the game itself and keeping casual fans interested, I guess it just matters how much more they value that because sometimes those two approaches are a bit at odds, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think Overwatch, Overwatch is having, I think, a really hard time with that. Like, how do, how do, how do we kind of make everyone happy in a sense but but i think you i think you bring up some good points uh it makes me i'm definitely excited and it's cool that we get to have these kinds of questions about a genre that didn't exist (laughs) you know um yeah well i mean that's the coolest thing about about this this you know this is this going cycling back to that whole esports discussion and like what's different now is like well you've also got so much more to choose from like back in the day it was like all right you want to you want to take a bit of a bit of moba or get all you know grab a slice (laughs) off the fps platter and you know, your choices are like CSGO or do you want to be <laughs> or like a console person? Right. Right. Hearthstone was like, Hearthstone was the hottest, like, ooh, this is different. It's a digital card game, but it's made by Blizzard. So it has a lot of polish and it's, and it's yeah. happy and, and mm-hmm. animated and exciting. And if you're a big, like, Warcraft universe lore nerd like me, it's fantastic. 
Um, and now you've got everything. Like, so this is yeah. where the esports zoomers are spoiled. Uh, yeah. You have so much to choose from. And that's really cool. Like, there's never been a better time to, like, pick the game you're hyped for, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Or games. Yeah. You can like them all. You are allowed to do that, despite what everyone on the internet will tell you. Oh, man, I know. One of the most frustrating things for me in the Overwatch community is when people were, like, actively trying to get Fortnite to not be successful, right? And it's like, guys, if yeah. Fortnite is successful, Overwatch will be successful. It doesn't Rising have to, like, tides. Yeah, we don't <laughs> yeah. have to, like, race to the finish line. Which is why the whole mobile mobile isn't esport thing just grinds my gears. Oh, so much. Yeah. I know, And Blevins, I, we had this conversation, did. spoiler alert, on the podcast. Oh, okay. Podcast, but I'm going to be releasing in the next day or two. I have like six hours worth of venting for mobile not <sighs> being an esport, yeah. man. Sorry, I don't want to open that can of worms. But if, <laughs> well, like, the, the, if you're saying that, just no, just stop, stop and download something on your phone and go and play that for a few hours. Here, here's my thing. And, and, we can open it up. We can we can we can peek we can peek it open a little bit because we because TFT is coming to mobile in uh if when you're listening to this tomorrow or if you're listening to this like in the, the future and you're already playing it yes <laughs> yeah man we got there um TFT is coming out to mobile um and like uh Pyra said we talked about this on uh the GGWP podcast which you should definitely listen to and we'll uh, oh, check out, check out check out my Twitter when that comes out because uh, I'll be tweeting about that I was on it by the way um a lot of a lot of fiddlesticks impressions on that show like a disturbing number of fiddlesticks impressions <laughs> um but and I'll I'll preface this like I did on uh, uh before these numbers might be off because I'm referencing a tweet that I saw 2 days ago so if I'm off don't hang me for it, please. Uh, speaking of the Fiddlesticks video, that Fiddlesticks uh, reveal video in like 48, 24, 48 hours or some some short period of time got like 3 million views or something like that, right? You think, okay, that's, I mean, 3 million views is 3 million views. It's a, it's a YouTube video for, uh, you know, a spoil, like a, I don't know, what was, was it like a minute 20 or something like that? Maybe two minutes? Uh, yeah. A little teaser for a uh, champion rework. Uh, big thing. I mean, I saw that thing posted a million times on Twitter. All of all of Riot Twitter's all over it. Con contrasting that is uh, a Brawl Stars video that is. I mean, if you're not, I love that game. By the way, Brawl Stars is Brawl amazing. Stars by the way, go go download fun. Brawl Stars. Uh, use yeah. the creator code Blevin. No, I don't have a creator code. Uh, I, I <laughs> really wish I did. Dude. I, really I know, man. I he needs a sponsor Someone so bad. Someone get this man a sponsor. I have never met a man that likes to shill. Oh, ironically and unironically, yeah. as much as uh, <laughs> well, no golden golden boy is is the oh, golden, is, boy's is golden boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, That's but true. I mean, he's he's very specific. He's a bit monogamous. He likes T-Mobile. Yeah, he likes T-Mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I don't mind because that's my dad's company. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but okay, Brawl Stars, uh, great game. By the way, go download it. Um not hashtag actually not an ad um yet they did what is the equivalent of like a nintendo direct uh like a, a a developer video showing stuff that's coming out soon right um and uh before i tell you how many views that got in a similar amount of time go go to twitch right now and see how many people are are watching brawl stars right now i would imagine it's like a thousand at most at most i don't i don't know what it actually is but uh, that video in a similar amount of time to the Facebook video got 10 million views on YouTube. 
compare so it's like yeah that that's, that's insane. insane it's it's insane so like i'm and i'm not trying to take away from riot saying that they messed up and i'm not trying to say that i mean supercell probably does also, by the way, they're both owned by Tencent. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but like the whole world is at this. Point, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, Riot yeah. is a hundred percent owned by Tencent. Uh, Supercell is, I think, eighty percent or something, maybe forty percent. I don't remember what one is, but it doesn't matter. Um, just to put it in perspective for like how big of an impact mobile has and how widespread it is. So, like when when Boob and I have been talking about this for the last you know months since the beginning of the show, really, it's like. We're not joking when we're saying that this is going to open up TFT to a ton of new people. A, it's going to it, it is going to expand to a lot of people. Um, I would I would expect the show to grow. I would expect a lot of new people in the Discord. And if you're listening to this for the first time, hello and welcome, mobile friends. Um, but it, it it's like it's a different ballpark almost. Like that is a big number. That is three times as many as a Riot <laughs> Games released video. And yeah. I'm imagining a lot of you listening to this probably might not know what Brawl Stars is because it's not even Supercell's number one game. Main, yeah, I know. And it's still great. Oh, yeah. it might not and even I'm, be their yeah, number two, honestly. Guy, personally. It's probably <laughs> their number three. And that might not even be true because those like like Heyday which or Boom Beach, like do you guys know about those games? They're no. they're effing huge. Yeah. And it's 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 because it's global, right? Like right. you look at you look at even the biggest esports and uh, like in, in terms of computer games, mm-hmm. right? Like just to use a very, very old term at yeah. this point uh, are a little bit locked geographically because right. there are many countries that don't have easy access to right. the type of computer equipment you need to mm-hmm. play those games. I mean, like league was famously made for like every PC, but you still can't even get a reasonable price PC for a lot of people in countries like India and, and, right. and parts of China. And mm-hmm. And the Middle East, and like you look at all these mobile games, and you have huge fan bases, huge player bases in those countries yep. that have spoiler alert millions of people. Yeah, billions uh, even in, in India. In some cases, well, billions. Yeah, India, and China, and sometimes they're in regions that are like untapped. Like I still mm-hmm. think that Brazil has like some untapped esports potential. Oh, yeah. Right, uh, because they always it's have PUBG Mobile and Garena Free Free Fire, yeah. <laughs> and their mobile market is huge in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. And the mobile market is huge in China and Korea. Um, not so much Japan, which is very interesting. There's a whole thing about Japan and mobile games that they... Japan and esports in general have a weird history. You um, think with the whole anime thing, like the Japanese bigger, market, and Nintendo. <laughs> Maybe that's why, because uh, Nintendo tends hates to gravitate esports. towards Japanese-made things. <laughs> that's it. Definitely. Um, but but what I think is um really intriguing when it comes to just like mobile gaming in general is like you said, it's the access, right? Um, but that can, and what I think is really cool about TFT, it's not like in League or Overwatch when they have like those free weekends that you get stuck in a queue with someone who's never played before, mm-hmm. right? Like at least in TFT with all of these new people, one, there might be enough new people for all of them to be in lobbies together, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, like it's not a game that I think is going to punish those of us who have been playing a while. Right. right. Um, by putting us in lobbies with people who haven't. Right. And I think that so we TFT take those is... W's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think as I think as time like goes on and TFT makes it into more and more hands, because, again, like we cannot 
understate how much more access TFT is going to have on mobile. And this yep. kind of goes towards my, and we talked about, about this just a little bit before um, the show. It goes into what other games and genres are doing at the same time, right? Uh -huh. Hearthstone just had a huge announcement. They're changing core mechanics in the game for the first time really since they released right yeah. um and you know you've got other auto battlers underlords just went through a big update tft and riot going to be pushing into mobile this competition is really really good but is it going to be like league of legends where only one moba kind like it's been moba it's been dota 2 and league right forever right. i think in terms yeah. of like the upper echelon moba places is this going to be similar for for tft do you think do you think it's going to be tft and underlords and nothing else mm. or do you I think might... there's a possibility to say something else might be able to come up and and join them in this kind of like auto battler rng genre i might be in a little bit of a bubble because i haven't played underlords and i know like there's the drodo whatever auto chess yeah. thing that exists the, too, the, like... the technically the original one but no one cares yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i don't know like, I, I feel if like... you were an indie game company would you explore this genre and potentially make a game? Because, it, but maybe if you don't have yeah. the expectations that <laughs> that like big publishers do, because you got to think like who's behind, uh, who's behind like these these big these big auto battlers, right? Like those are large companies. If you are an actual indie studio, it might be worth it. But you know, I was saying this to Blevins on on our on, on the GGWP as well that like part of the issue is like you have some when you're using ip that is recognized from another title mm -hmm. that is very popular it certainly helps to spread things out a little bit and i think this is what tft has um over the competition and even even over some of the other well-known auto battlers at the moment so that's kind of just because like league is so popular with a lot of people already that's not going to do anything for like the mobile only crowd obviously mm -hmm. but it's certainly going to help the people that are already invested in the world of League of Legends. Uh, it yeah, made right. it really easy for me to play TFT, not just because I knew the IP, but because I already have the League client installed on my mm -hmm. computer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's um, just right there. And, and the other thing I kind of wanted to pick both of your guys' brains about is, I think when it comes to esports, to assume that like the epicenter is, is going to be the United States, I think is, a, is, is too presumptuous, right? I think it's hard for us Amer for some of us Americans to kind of think outside of America. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to mobile, I think the first thing most people think of is Asia, right? Um, yeah. In terms of where you build this esports, would you, how much kind of would you, would, would you invest in this, in the Asian market? Because it's going to be new. I mean, they put the Star Guardian skins, I think, in the game because of this. This is a theory. Um, those skins are the best selling skins in League of Legends and very, very popular They're in Asia. So good. They're yeah, so I mean, and they deserve. They made to an be, anime introduction in Japanese. They deserve and to English. be the. They mm -hmm. deserve to be the best skins in the game, but super popular in China and Korea, yeah. and I think a lot of the set is is geared towards that. Like even some of the artwork originally, I thought was was more toward. And, and Legends of Ruterra, I feel this way too, where it like it's kind of got an an Asian market feel to it. Yeah, Which well, you... I think Riot's art trended that way for a little while now. They yeah, 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 yeah. All of their assets. Uh -huh. uh, back a couple of years ago, like Splash Arts and everything, um, How... across all the clients. And... Oh yeah, because Chinese client had their own Splash Arts, and, and they, they did. So some different. of them were just better. Some of them were for cultural reasons, like Karthus, who's you know right. the skeleton, Skulls, yeah, um, mm. can't be shown. So they had like a hood, which mm -hmm. by the way, that's why that's what you now see in the global uh, client. But 
that was that was like a spaghetti code cleanup. But I think <laughs> they are trying to work with the more Asian market palette mm -hmm. uh, yeah. because that's where expansion is possible. If you were to take a pie chart, right, and you were kind of like, all right, this is where we're going to spend a lot of our resources in esports, right? Um, how big do you think that part of the pie is going to be for Asia? Like, how much access? How is it going to well, be easier for them to access tournaments, do, or is it going to be? Do you know. talk about all of Asia, including India, in that? Because it, because <laughs> technically in Asia, just another burgeoning esports market, by the right, way. Right, right. I mean, if you say all of Asia, that is like half of the population so of the world. China, 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 Korea, China, Korea. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah. those are, those are, those are different yeah. ecosystems, but they're also very, they're also, you know, big uh, in their own way. Right. Here's, Where do you here's, see TFC being the most popular? I think is kind of like the SparkNotes version of what I'm saying. Probably China, just pure numbers, but... It's but hard for thing, it not like, to be. I think you have to think about this in terms of, for competitive and mobile, you can get really flexible. Mm -hmm. um and it, maybe it's because we're currently in this like weird place in the world where everything is on lockdown and we're back to online only tournaments um but i think that might be the way to go partially because i'm an esports boomer and watching people on stage with phones doesn't look as cool as watching them <laughs> with computers um but i think you can get very flexible globally because you don't have to worry about ping with right. mobile the same way you do with a traditional game that's not always true but it's not every game is vainglory. No, that's true. <laughs> not every game is vainglory. I, but I do think there's a lot more flexibility there uh, than there is for, uh, you know, your 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 dedicated server PC games. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the greatest asset that mobile has in terms of accessibility, apart from obviously being on devices that literally everyone has mm -hmm. uh, right. in the you know in 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 places where cell service exists. Uh, so. I think you can work with that. Um, also, large player bases. Like, you can make a lot of cool regional things. You can make a more global uh, kind of series of tournaments that way. And I think you can set it up much more on the cheap than you could mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, with older older esports. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see what approach publishers actually adopt for that. And when it comes to TFT, what Riot and Tencent actually want to do. Because usually the relationship is Tencent's like, cool, we do everything in China. You can do whatever else you want. Don't Don't bother us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm see I'm wondering for esports and for competition. So I'm I'm getting two things here. So we got the the um we want the best TFT players to be recognized and rewarded for the time they actually spend in the game. Okay. That's one thing. And then we're going to have regional and we're gonna have a global set championship and a regional tournament. Those two things are almost contrasting and one of the and the reason I say that is because uh, global set championship and regional tournament makes me think that one of the main metrics they're looking for is viewership for that event, be it Twitch, be it YouTube, be it whatever platform. Whereas TFT, the best TFT players being rewarded for their time actually spent in the game is the metric is, are you playing the game? Is the game being played? How many people are playing? How long are they playing? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm wondering because mobile and Twitch are not, they, it's not that they don't mix, but it is not the same. YouTube is the mobile thing. YouTube videos are, mo are, are, are what it is for mobile. It's not even really live because it's, it is almost, it is harder to stream live mobile than it is to stream live PC. So I'm wondering, um, I'm really wondering what, uh, 
are they going to are they going to be trying to push something on Twitch? Are they going to be trying to push people to something in the game? So that's what I'm really wondering. Um, that's an interesting that. yeah, concern because interesting. it it reminds me a little bit of you know like what's going on with the changing landscape when it comes to uh, viewing platforms. Obviously, like I'm 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 not even going to get into China with like Do You and Huya and all those other yeah, platforms. Yeah. Um, but like, let's just think of like Twitch versus YouTube right now. About what five years ago, you, uh, Twitch was the only platform in the West to watch yep. esports content on. Now I mean, there shoot, is like three I mean, you years were ago. Beam. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually there's, there's, have. Yeah. I actually have a little, which might be worth a lot of money now, um, and you'll know why when I say what it is. A little uh, bottle of hand sanitizer that's Beam branded from PAX a few years oh, ago. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, by the way, hang on to that. That's a very precious thing in these times. I was gonna say um, it might be worth it might be worth eighty seven thousand dollars right now. Quite positive collecting value and intrinsic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think YouTube has been taking a lot more a lot bigger part of the pie. And the thing about YouTube is like it doesn't have the brand attachment that like we as you know trademark gamers mm-hmm. have to it. But again, the mobile audience wasn't watching on Twitch in the first place. True. So they Correct. don't have that. Like it's like a bunch of it's like a bunch of people who have never seen an Apple product before. They're not gonna give a damn about the new iPhone. <laughs> right. Yep. They're just not. 100 percent Uh so when you when you talk about it, like I don't think it matters what platform is on, and, and no one cares if you're using Kappa or emojis. Right. Uh so if if you're again, it's about being flexible, it's about being um versatile. YouTube as a platform is more versatile than Twitch. Mm. And Honestly, whoever wins this this whole streaming war is going to be the one that gets the embedded content faster. And I think YouTube's a lot further along for mobile games. Um, yeah. Because if I if I open up Clash Royale and there's a tournament on, there's a notification. I click it and it instantly shows me an embedded stream going yep. on right now. Yep. On YouTube. That's yep. that is that is the esports experience. It's yeah, and that's that's all you need. Yeah. So if YouTube can do that, uh, they're going to win, hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. Yep, and. I mean, the other thing that we didn't talk about, we don't need to go any further into, is it's not even just region, right? Um, it's age. Not that TFT, like, I don't think TFT necessarily uh, is going to be the best or most fun game for someone who's six or 10 or 12, because it's a little, I'm not, I, I, I don't even say that as hyperbole. Like, I know, I know. We're like, Fortnite, you kind of it's like okay i'm running around i'm jumping i'm I'm shooting right like you kind of get it like tft it's like if you have no idea what's going on it's just going to kind of not be fun but maybe yeah. it is maybe i mean especially with the space set it's like you put space well, things together you get it you yeah kinda... i think it's intuitive enough like yeah the visuals hopefully will get addressed because i yeah. have been hearing I, I don't have pbe so i haven't seen this firsthand i've been hearing a lot of stuff looks really similar yeah uh but mm, I, I still think, think that's uh, kind of an issue yeah, if you can get around that, um, if right. you can get around that, mm-hmm. that that will that will be, I think, the holy grail there. Because if you can make your game very intuitive, low barrier to entry, mm-hmm. and like and high skill cap, mm-hmm. that's like the holy grail of gaming. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to emulate Fortnite, right? Uh, yeah. Who is owned by Epic Games? Who's owned by Tencent? By the way, I, uh, I, have, <laughs> I have a confession to make. Go on. Have you not ever played Fortnite? Never played Fortnite. Me neither. I have I played it when it came out. I'm just like I can't. I can't I, do it. I have a um. So if I ever go back to school, I want to like do like my master's in something like esports related, um, because I I have like a thesis that battle royales um 
were more damaging to esports <laughs> than um than positive they brought a lot of viewers but in terms of what is a competitive game now i think it's like super muddled because the battle royale phase is just was so hardcore right all of a sudden there were so many about it you got it, you it got high res a little bit to people who weren't typically gamers to begin with and we yeah. weren't really thinking about the mobile audience again yeah. it's, it's, that's true that's a different that's true. Tap thing, um, but, but yeah. i'd love i'd love to kind of like explore kind of if the battle royale never happened where would league be Right, where would where would uh, Rocket League be? You know, right. I don't know because League had its own path, right? Like in a lot That's of ways, true. yes, it had competition from things like Fortnite. But I I genuinely think that Blizzard coming out with with Overwatch and the Overwatch League drove riots heels in to be like okay we need to start really kicking into well, high gear with oh that's so sports. funny that you say that because i always considered blizzard the company that made their game second uh, they waited for someone to make mm -hmm. something and then they just perfected it oh right they, they like, did but that's what i'm talking about with overwatch league specifically i think got riot esports wise thinking oh, yeah and things up and i think overwatch league was like riot doing that now right it's just mm -hmm. like okay all right, we see you, Blizzard. Because they did... Oh, what did she say in that... Oh, because we all know you have phones, like, in, like, the whole 10-year yeah. anniversary oh, yeah. thing. Well, with yeah. the mobile right? conversation, it turns out they were right. Yeah, and so... Uh, um, just, you know, maybe the wrong wrong crowd to yeah. talk to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically, I think it's just... Uh, I think Riot has their ideas, and I think their conceptualization of how things are moving forward, I think, is the most confident I've been in them in a really long time, especially post-controversy. Yeah. Um, they're, they're on the right track at the moment. Yeah, uh, and so definitely. in terms of, like, community, like, the last thing I kind of want to... My interesting thing is let's give them a, some ideas, maybe some free some free consulting here. One of my favorite things about Hearthstone, especially since it's on mobile, are the special things you get when you go to the Tavern... I tavern Brawl. The name. Or not Tavern Brawl. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Like, the mixers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right where you and you get like a yeah. special portrait and you get like some like swag i think there's an opportunity finally for league of legends to do this how do you kind of like do you do you do you see them doing that or do you because i love or because pokemon go does it like if you were at a starbucks you would get a, a yeah. like two dollars yeah. off a drink i think I they mean, can build some of that into tft is that if they're smart that won't just be in tft that'll also be in wild rift and, and Legendary, oh, that's right. uh, yeah. i always forget i always forget wild rift is coming out right like, i think wild rift deal. is gonna explode I think it's going to blow up all of it, like more than TFT, more than Runeterra. I think it's going to blow it all up even more. Um, yeah, and so like, I what kind of like buy-in do you think they're going to be capable of doing? What's some like crazy ideas that if you were an experiential marketing agency, you might uh, <laughs> you might. I mean, like, I do like the idea them. of like location-based stuff, but you also want to encourage people to be like, you know, not like crowd certain areas, especially right now. Yeah. Um, right. But I, I think having like time-based events that are specific to the mobile version is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, at least things. in the beginning, um, I think maybe having like a like a geotagging like skin kind of thing. Like maybe you can like in-game currency, like as in not something you buy, but like something you earn for grinding. Um, if you play in a certain area, like a specific country or a specific state or something, maybe you could get like some kind of custom uh you know tft specifically maybe a custom little legend like a lunar new year yeah. little legend or something yeah and by the way because it's going to have cross play like right. that can show to people that are in the you know the computer oh, client mobile guy yeah and by the way i think they should pair this with the computer client as in yeah. you should yeah, yeah, yeah. you should have like something special that you get for playing the the computer version too so nobody gets left out right yeah that's the Deceptive. idea so important yep yeah and have everyone try different things
Yeah. There's so much that they can do. And honestly, I'm more excited about mobile than I think I've been about just in general as a concept than Me I am too. about it's almost like anything else. It's kind of like the release else. of the game. Yeah. You know, uh, like for sure. this is the release. It's crazy. Yeah. For sure. And it's not like, it's not like, you know, for people who are already invested in the game, like functionally what's going to change is you can now play it on your on your phone when you're walking around when you're com- not commuting but like you know if you take in a shower or something yeah. again <laughs> in the shower again right now probably not as much is going to change because people are indoors for the most part right but going forward yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure it's awesome okay we are uh right about at time now um and also you are in the <laughs> pyra is in the darkness right now. <laughs> hold on let me turn the light on <laughs> if you turn the light on and i see fiddlesticks in the background i'm going to scream like a little yeah, girl just like, <gasps> Hello, if, if you see fiddlesticks in the background let me know because then i'm gonna die and that'll be bad that's so funny your that, you, that you're saying that because i, I i've like seen fiddlesticks really this whole time <laughs> no i got a really funny reputation in the overwatch don't you go there um, in the overwatch community of always being always somehow finding my way into a picture. So I was called the Slender Man of Overwatch for a little while. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because, like, like, I'm at, like, Monte Cristo's New Year's, and I'm just, like, in the back. You can see, like, one half of my eyes. <laughs> you're, like, like, you're, how... like, the ultimate photobomber. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm like that in every picture I've realized. And so, like, I definitely am, like, the Slender Man. Or, like, or, or is that a time traveler in the picture? I'm, like, totally out of place. Right, it's uh yeah, like I, like, like that like that I'm picture of the of dude that looks like Keanu Reeves from the 1800s. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like that is Keanu Reeves. What are you saying? Yeah, he he was just he was just it traveling is. time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> now that well, is a boomer reference. Well, True. well I got one Gen more. X. I got one more serial question. If we've got a little okay. bit of time, we do. Cool. Uh, well, I Cheerios think so. I don't or Frosted Mini Wheats? <laughs> That's a Golden Boy question. If we're talking True. about cereal, it's about it's with Golden, golden Grams. Um, but. Where do you hope this all goes, right? Like, just like, it doesn't matter what you, what you know right now, right? Like, what is kind of like your hope for this, uh, for something like TFT? Because for me, my hope is like, this is new. I hope it's successful. It brings in a ton of new people into uh, League of Legends. I think the age demo skews older, so it potentially grabs people with actual buying power that can support the games. Um, what about you? Where, where do you want this to go? Uh, me or me or Mr. Blevins is over here. Oh, he already knows I want everything to oh, crash and oh. burn. Uh, so, <laughs> some, some men just want to watch the world burn. Um, yeah, I you know I hadn't really thought about TFT bringing more people into league, but that definitely should have a knock on effect. It, it brought me back um, to league. It, there you go. Which, by the way, uh, I need to add you. We're we're playing. Uh, we're playing tomorrow. Oh, we you're to you're not gonna want to play with me. Boop can attest yeah, oh, dude, you I'm don't. Wanna... I need. I just need an excuse for some in houses. Uh, um, all right. Yeah. I'm in. I, no, I'm always so, down to play. By the way, Boop is Definitely significantly better than I am. GGWP right. and uh, Little Legends crossover. Yeah, uh, we're doing oh, it. Yeah. We're doing oh, it. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be super fun. Yeah. Hondo. That's that's what I. That's all I wanted this red, for this to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the long is. con. I never even played TFT. I just wanted to play League with you guys. So. I just needed yeah, two but... people for my Clash team, guys. <laughs> exactly. No, Clash Royale, though. Cla- your Clash Royale team, because uh, I'm in. Two v two, so I'll take it. <laughs> but, but this is this is the thing about about that is like I don't necessarily know where like the ultimate goal for like TFT mobile being like ex- expanding out to everyone going. But I, I just think more people playing, which is fun, is always a good thing. So mm-hmm. even if that's the only change that happens, 
I'd be pretty happy because TFT is a fun yeah. game. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. I think Riot keeps it pretty fresh. They, you know, they change the set every six months. Maybe, maybe I'd like them to do a, if they're going to go competitive. Maybe make it a whole season. Like let's have maybe a set, unless it's a bad set, and then you can patch. But whatever. Uh, last, you know, like the length of a, a typical League of Legends season, sync those things up. Mm. Um, I, I'd like to potentially see that. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see some tournaments, some events. I don't know what form they'll take or if they'll be Riot sponsored or third party or a little bit of both. Uh, but I just think more TFT is always fun. So I'm happy with whatever happens as long as more people are playing. Hell yeah. What about you, Blev? I mean, I am biased, right? Because I, I mean, we're both biased because we're casting TFT tournaments. So we obviously want more. Uh, speaking of which, uh, check out the uh, TFT set to uh, farewell tournament featuring myself and Mortdog. Uh, he's a sponsor, man. <laughs> Please, someone give him a sponsor. Please, just let him for shield me. for something. Like, <laughs> for me, not for Blevins. I need him to stop. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, email blevmedia gmail.com if you want to uh, for business inquiries um, but yeah I mean I've talked <laughs> I, I, I made that one up myself um, I'm I'm torn a bit well okay I'm not torn I'm um, I'm in a position where I am um, not apathetic but I don't if, if it we were talking about this before like TFT events can be on sort of a scale between entertainment and like traditional like competitive esports, right? We saw the um, Rise of the Elements tournament was maybe a little bit more towards the entertainment. We saw this TFT Invitational was still entertainment because you know featured some non like pro players, just like entertainers, but played a relatively competitive format. So that was maybe a little bit more. And then we see something like the Giant Slayer events um, that are like just straight up competitive best players in the world playing in a, a, a format, right? To me, as a caster and someone doing the podcast, I don't actually care which one it is, right? Like if it's if it's full entertainment and it's wackiness, I can do that. I, I'm fine. I'm I'm I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't take myself that seriously. Um and I, I'm not I'm not sure if you guys can tell but I don't really care that much. Cast the whole event with that uh, with auto-tune. double voice that you had. I have, <laughs> I want Lev, I don't know why he, I want him to lean in. Not just like lean into joy. Like I'm saying like lean into the voices. That's just good like, content. Hold on, yeah. wait, wait. What if I just like always. Like I'm I just doing the whole cast like this. Just like the whole cast. I mean, oh, I, you laugh, but I've had some co-casters that sound like that. So. But did they, <laughs> did they echo like this the whole time? No, Hello, now you're the voice in my head. No, that's a. Okay, so we're getting way off topic. Okay, this is this is even more off topic. But I just ten minutes ago we're at time. Yeah, this is this is we we reverted back to the pre-show where we're just not even close to talking about something Uh, relevant. Did you guys know that ten percent of the world doesn't have an inner voice? I did know that. That's crazy to me because I talk to myself in my head constantly. I mean, I, I I consciously change my inner voice. Sometimes it doesn't have like a dialect or an accent. Mm-hmm. It's just like thoughts. Sometimes yeah. it's like but I have a monologue that is like a strong British accent. So my inner monologue generally is a lot of times it's just me talking to myself. But I will admit 
for a long time back in in the times that you guys were probably referencing earlier when we were watching when you were watching StarCraft uh, content. My inner monologue was day nine for a very long time because I would That's watch the daily monologue voice. It, it was. I used to love the day nine daily. I watched them religiously back His in the day. His playthrough of Amnesia, the best is one. Watch <laughs> a chair. Oh, it's so good. I watched that like every like every Halloween. I put that on. For, like, when he just like randomly. Like... My my favorite is when he throws a book and then gets scared by the book he threw. <laughs> no, no, there was a. Oh, did he do that? I thought he did that and like it triggered something and then it was Oh, like... maybe. It's been a while, but yeah, if you ever that... want to get into gaming, like one that of the is... best Let's Plays of all time. Yeah. Day yeah, nine is just uh, one of the best of all time. Uh, also has nothing to do with TFT whatsoever. So there's people who are that. probably ripping their, like, why haven't these guys talked about the patch notes yet? Because we're going to talk about them on another episode. Okay. We have this, you know, go read the patch notes. I'll put the link in the description. You can read them. You don't need to hear us read them. We'll talk about them next episode. Don't worry about it. Um, I like these sorts of episodes. This is almost like our episode 25, except it was more, this was much more. <laughs> We don't talk about episode twenty five very often because that was the. It's like it's like the Boop and I did LSD and then we just hit record and it's like the thirteenth. Oh, no, we didn't really. Like it yeah. that's, you know it's yeah. it's a it's a yeah. it's a bold decision. Yeah, it was a bold decision. It goes from episode twenty four to twenty six. There is yeah. no episode. Yep. I mean, you guys have you guys have some 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 serious unique branding. I mean, like you know, I I I like a lot of what you guys are doing. It's it's bold. It's different. You know, you don't have to take yourself seriously, and you don't. Yeah, you know, I think esports has a thing where it's all about the visual, right? Like it's all about Zed, right, and um, lights and electronica, and you know that's cool. But I also think a lot of us are like this, right? That was also like 2014 esports when it was like Monster Cat music on every show, (laughs) which, by the way, was the greatest time in the history of esports. Don't at me. That's why oh, I am Electronica. <laughs> Don't worry, I embrace but, um... the full Electronica. <laughs> I really appreciate this, and I'm glad that yes. you like it because my co-caster in Overwatch, we were definitely modeling ourselves after like Kobe, right? Just like yeah. you know, it's fun to do, right? And we're like you. We also like watching games, and so I think it's important yeah. to show that that we're also we're not above yeah. anybody. If we're you're with... having fun, other exactly. people are having fun. True, exactly. And that's but... true in any creative endeavor. True, true. I'm well, certain this has been wonderful, dude. Yeah, yeah. it I has like been great. Yeah. I certainly don't think I'm above anyone. In fact, I think I'm far, far below most people. Yeah, some people might call you. You still deserve body. a sponsorship. I well, you know, uh, email by me to gmail. Someone get this man a sponsor. <laughs> Hashtag 2020. Call my agent right now. Yes, uh, please <laughs> do. I don't have an agent. Oh, I know. I got right? excited it's for like, a quick second. If I did, uh, the agent should be knocking on my door. Although not literally, because don't go outside. But um, on that note, <laughs> Pyra, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been an absolute blast. Where can people find you and tell us a little bit about? Or you don't need to tell us a little bit about. But where can people find you and? your amazing podcast featuring fantastic guests. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, I am on pretty much every social media platform the same. Uh, it's at Pyrotechnics uh, on Twitter, especially, and that's P-I-R-A-T-E-C-H-N-I-C-S because for some reason it's difficult to spell. I don't know why. I just picked a difficult name. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I do uh, a podcast weekly along with my wonderful co-hosts, Bad Magical and Chase Wassenaar over, um, you can catch that at Twitter, 
uh, at the GGWPOD. Uh, so it's uh, the Geeks and Gaming Worldwide podcast or the GGWP. Uh, we just wrapped up recording a special episode with uh, yours truly uh, on the uh, on this uh, this fine day. Mr. Blevins <laughs> stepped into the guest spot. So uh, very much appreciate you being on that as well. It was great. Uh, and doing a little bit of cross promotion when we uh, when we put that yeah. one out there. It should be edited by tomorrow. What um, is this? A crossover it's episode? It's definitely it's a, <laughs> it's a crossover episode and a bottle episode because we're all indoors. Yeah. Oh, true. man. I love bottle episodes. Like when a, when a show like commits to a bottle episode and does it well, that's chef's kiss. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to do like a companion stream where I listen to the podcast with you and just shit on Blev the whole time. If anyone's, <laughs> interested, if anyone's interested in it. Please, It'll be like a mystery sounds, science. This 3, sounds 000. so amazing. It's going to weird me out to hear my own voice. And like, this is the one thing that I still have to get over looking into voiceover is like, it weirds uh, me out hearing my own voice. Oh, it weirds uh, me out when I hear other people's voices. I need to hear mine. I'm kidding. Uh, you are in a good business, my friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again for having me on. Yeah. It, it's been a really good time. Yeah. It, um, and it sets the bar really low for you know having other any other guests of TFT skill levels uh, in the future. So. <laughs> oh, I'm Great. I'm on the show, so no need to worry about low skill levels for TFT. Boop. Where can people find you on the internet when you're not Had, here shitting on me uh, the whole time? <laughs> um, uh, man, usually I like to try at to, Boobasaurus like... Rex. On Twitter. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I think I've used all the dating sites at this point, so you can just find me at, at Boopasaurus Rex on Twitter. I swipe right. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> no comment. I swipe right uh, you. You can... uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to start my stream next week. I got some graphics. Here, so. Wow. Yeah. What are you going to play? TFT. Wow. Uh, maybe Doom Eternal. <laughs> maybe Doom Eternal. I have Doom Eternal on... Oh, wait, no, I didn't buy it yet, but I have it on the Google Stadia. Ooh, that's exciting. Uh, it's you not that exciting. You can find me on slash He's one yeah. of the 12 people. I'm one of the 12 people. Hey, single-player game doesn't matter. Um, but you can find me on the internet uh, at... You can find the podcast a little off the beaten path but i think it was super good we're gonna be talking about we'll talk about the patch notes and everything else next week so don't worry if you guys want to talk about it now go to the discord discord.me slash little legends podcast and boop and i will certainly be willing to jump in and talk there as well as everyone else but thank you everyone for tuning in and listening again for pyra for boob i am blevins and we'll catch you guys next week on the little legends podcast